0: hi everyone come on in the pub is open get comfy it's our first visit for 2023 i hope it's off to a good start for everyone of course good is a relative and pretty subjective assessment right i mean good compared to what covid still hanging around our politics are wallowing in pretty much the same old shithole the weather's fucking off the hook well i guess maybe some of these things are just here to stay yeah In other sad news, Robbie Bachman, drummer for Bachman Turner Overdrive, just died, 69 years young. Um, No cause of death yet, reported, but I guess it doesn't really matter, does it? I mean, when your number's up, it's time to go. Speaking of numbers, it's only been a few days since two other notable musicians have passed away, Lisa Marie Presley and Jeff Beck. Of course, Lisa, the only daughter of Elvis, and Jeff, a legendary British rock and blues guitarist, you know, this reminds me of the old superstition of famous people dying in threes. Sure, just an old wives' tale, right? You know, it's a superstition. But, hey, you know, Michael Jackson, Ed McMahon, and Farrah Fawcett, they all died within a few days of each other. And what about the day the music died, so famously noted in Don McLean's American Pie? You know, back February 3rd, 1959, Richie Vounds, the Big Bopper, and Buddy Holly you know, interesting side note on that sad occasion, the, the big bopper had asked Waylon Jennings, and Jennings was actually a member of Buddy Holly's band at the time, and he was originally going to get on the plane. But the bopper said, let him get on the plane instead because he had flu-like symptoms. He didn't want to ride in the, the icy coach, the bus that they were driving in, had no heat. When Holly found out about the switch, reportedly he said to Jennings and jest, well, I hope your old bus freezes up. To which Jennings replied, Well, I hope your old plane crashes. Yeek. I guess those were words that would haunt Jennings till the day he died. So what is the deal with with death in threes? Oh, apparently, this has got some pretty deep roots going back to Europe. Hundreds of years ago, started with the Holy Trinity and the original threesome of wise men from the East, which I, I guess is, is just a rumor. Yeah, the, the Bible doesn't really specifically say three wise men just talks about three gifts from the wise men. I mean, maybe there were four of them, and two of them got together and said, hey, let's split the cost of this one gift, it's a little pricey. But think of the way that we've incorporated three into so much of our daily conversations. Uh, There's the Holy Trinity, of course. Three's a crowd, count to three before some event occurs, three strikes and you're out, third time's a charm, Uh, as well as it's bad luck to light three cigarettes with one match. Now, that match one, I hadn't heard before, but looking into it, I guess, you know, if three soldiers lit their cigarettes from the same match, one of the three would be killed, or the man that was third on the match would be shot. I guess that makes sense. I mean, by the time that third cigarette was being puffed away on, that enemy sniper had plenty of time to take aim, and, well, yeah, bad luck for sure. But, you know, things in groups of threes are everywhere when you think about it. I mean, Julius Caesar famously said, Veni, Vidi, Vici. Mark Anthony on Caesar's desk asked three distinct groups to folk. Lend me your ears. Friends, Romans, and countrymen. How about sex, drugs, and rock and roll, or life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness? In real estate, location, location, location. Goldilocks ran into a bear family of exactly three. The big bad wolf had to deal with pigs, and we need not mentioned the number of blind mice in the nursery rhyme. Not two, not four, but three stooges. I mean, Charlie had three angels, Donald Duck had three nephews, and Adam has three distinct particles, electron, proton, neutron. You know, okay, plenty of examples, and if you keep looking for threes, I'm sure I'll see them. You know, in the end, it's really just confirmation bias, you know, the underlying tendency to notice, focus on, and give greater credence to evidence that fits our existing beliefs. (laughs) <laughs> that sounds a lot like the business model that Fox News and the Republican Party have cooked up over the last decade, doesn't it? <laughs> well, if you believe famous people are going to die in threes, then you will most certainly see it. In, in fact, two people die every second on this planet. But you only register the ones you know or have heard about. I mean, in the time that you've listened to this, this far into this conversation, um, you know, more than 150 people have died. Well, with the death of Robbie Bachman as the third death which has occurred and famous people around the globe can relax, they're safe, until the next one dies, then the other two, whoever they might be, are going to be looking over their shoulder for sure. Well, I'm looking over my shoulder at the bar and I'm going to grab something to, uh, uh, to wet my whistle. Hey, stick around. I'll be right back with uh, something about the whiskey I'm drinking and an uppity Woman story. Be right back. Ride right, back from the bar. I've got a nice pour of of, a, of a, a single malt called Aaron. Now Aaron comes from the Isle of Aaron off the west coast of Scotland. Um, Aaron's in the Firth uh, the, the, the Firth of Clyde. It's kind of west of Ayr but east of the the Campbellton Peninsula. The um, uh, and it's actually uh, one of Scotland's very newest distilleries. Um, opened in '95 and started releasing whiskey in '98. The um, um, you know, it, although there's been whiskey production on this island for well over one hundred and fifty years, this is for a time it 's actually been legal. Um, the um, uh, pretty nice little island a lot of folks go there to do walking and bird watching and and uh, it, it's it 's a great little island, but they 've got some really dramatic granite mountains, really peaty land and good water for whiskey so it's not as surprising that the that, that, that whiskey's back in in production there. Um, and, and and it took uh, the the uh, Harold Curry, the the old managing director of Shivas, uh, to organize a scheme there to kind of get whiskey started back in in the distillery business there on Aaron. The um, um, so it's no age statement, so it's a fairly young whiskey, but it's got a, a kind of a pale yellow look to it. Um, the uh, when you bring it up to your nose, it, it's really kind of a creamy vanilla y kind of smooth. Um, um, fresh, you know, fresh scents, um, the um, um, kind of kind of leafy flowery on, on your on your tongue when you when you when you get some in your mouth. Um, and it's got kind of a, a, of a long kind of a sweet licoricey kind of finish to it. So, um, you know, not the world's greatest scotch by any means, but it's it's nice, you know, and, it, and it's a really, um, a really interesting island. Uh, whiskey t- to try um, so if you have if you see an errand somewhere uh, grab a little dram of that it's a nice one that you'll enjoy um, so I'm going to finish this one up and be right back with our with our first Operty woman story of 2023. Brandywine Ironworks co-owner Rebecca pennick Lukens. she had her hands full with three kids and a newborn baby when, in 1825, her loving husband did the meanest thing. He died. Besides draping crepe, the mill hands wanted to know, what about the huge order the plant had just received to make plate for the USS Codorius, the first American ironclad warship? Oh, full speed ahead, said Rebecca. But first, she had to battle her cranky mother, her crankier bank, her husband's lack of a will, her dad's ambitious will, and her own learning curve. Behind schedule, the company was also teetering near bankruptcy from expansion. With her brother-in-law overseeing the plant, Lukens tackled arcane matters from squeezing out financing to purchasing raw materials. Solo, she learned to deliver orders on time and set prices that turned to profit. After a near speed of light effort, Uh, The Cadorius Order was duly delivered to York, Pennsylvania. Now, from that stressful beginning, Rebecca built her company into a major player in the iron plate biz. Besides commissions for seagoing vessels, she won contracts to make locomotives, Mississippi steamboats. With her at the helm, the company weathered the financial panic of 1837. Now, through it all, her Quaker mom had the same refrain. Thou art out of line. Not easy to ignore the old bat either, since she carried the debt on Rebecca's enterprise. Lukens had other oppositions too, some of it even outside her own family. The mills downstream for insurance, um, the owners leaned on her for more water, and Rebecca, she just leaned back. Being Quakers, her Pennsylvania family held the philosophy that women had brains and potential. As a student, Rebecca had waded into higher math, French, botany chemistry, and static electricity. Not a major you see much anymore she tagged after her dad in the mill, uh, seeing how sheets of iron were slitted into rods for blacksmith use. After her marriage, she got further uh, industry insights. She'd come to agree with her husband that big iron plates and big contracts represented their future. <coughs> Over time, Rebecca Lukens became a woman of wealth, a leading citizen, and an enlightened employer. She built houses for her workers, awarded bonuses for reaching mill output goals, and provided working conditions that were better than most for her era. Five years after her death at age 58, the company honored Rebecca by renaming itself Lucan's Iron Works, later the Lucan Steel Company, which it remains to this day. Well, congratulations, Rebecca, on a job well done. Well, that's all we have for today at the, the pub. So, hey, uh, thanks for stopping by this year. Hope to see you again. Um take care slancha